Welcome to Piercing the Veil on BBSRadio.com, a show for truth seekers and rebels. Join us every week as we obliterate willful ignorance, corruption, globalist agendas, and more. Tune in every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Pacific, and listen carefully as we provide crucial solutions, information awareness, and unique life hacks to improve our planet. Pierce the veil, and the truth will reveal itself. All right. Greetings, world. Welcome back to another episode of Piercing the Veil. Today is September 10th, 2017, and we are at the breaking point of a new revolution in consciousness. There's a lot of stuff that's coming online and things that are happening very, very quickly back to back. Some of them natural, some of them not. I'm sure a lot of you guys are aware uh, since we've uh, since we've done our last show, there's been a, a geoengineering attack in the form of Hurricane Harvey as well as Hurricane Irma, and uh, whether th- the point could be made that it was completely fabricated and, and created by these types of weather control devices, or that at the very least it was um, amplified, if you will. And I've, I've pointed to multiple different patents on actual specifically um, concerning hurricanes, and actually specifically concerning tornadoes during hur- hurricanes, earthquakes, all sorts of different types of things. So it's not... It's not outside the realm of probability even, you know, not just possibility. It's very highly likely and probable that what we're seeing as these huge hurricanes hitting back-to-back and now with uh, Jose and Katia and all these other stupid fucking names, these other storms that are being used, it's highly likely that some form of geoengineering is being used. And the purpose of that, I would surmise, or uh, my opinion is that basically – this is a, what we're seeing as a last-ditch effort. Uh, the rats are sinking. They're going down with the ship. By rats, I mean the Illuminati puppets and, of course, their energetic controlling masters, which would be like the Archons and Chimera Group and uh, out-of-body entities that are negatively oriented that have been controlling the top levels of humanity and government for a very, very long time. Uh, so long that they actually had the chance to put fake and false prophecies into things like the Bible and you know, uh, infect other cultures with their false end times narratives that they knew they were going to try to control at the end. So what you see of, of uh, what you see as, I should say, a bunch of climate change and uh, I told you so is from the climate change people is really the work of men. It's not necessarily uh, an earth changing event. Okay. Now, when it comes to solar flares, like we're seeing, I agree that that is earth changing events and that we're going through a shift in an ascension period. So there's a lot of confusion and a lot of room for trolls to bash back and forth online. Oh, well, it's climate change. Well, oh, it's geoengineering. Well, no, it's fucking both. And one is being used as a cover for the other by these guys. The natural is being used as a cover for their unnatural activities so that they can try to get away with it and have everybody accept the fact that they need more totalitarian control over carbon taxes and all sorts of other fucking things that will make them money because they are bleeding dry financially right now. The entire world is cutting off the U.S. petrodollar system upon which the deep state, if you will, has been surviving along with their black ops and things like that. So that's a little recap of where we're at right now. with regards to what's already happened as far as like the flooding is concerned and, and stuff like that, um, 
people are just going to have to get into a state of manifestation. Um, and, it, and I think a lot of people will be forced into the state. It's either sink or swim. You're either left with nothing or you're left with a, a clean slate and an opportunity to start over somehow and quit your job and f form your own company and make something of yourself and start from scratch. You know, there's a lot of fucking excuses that are, have been said about how hard it is to start your own business or start this or start that. But I've seen a lot of people come from the bottom and go to the top doing just that. And the only thing that was different about them was their mindset. Okay. So the energy intent is, is really important, especially in these times, is to not give up, to not get, uh, to not stay sad. Of course, you can feel sad, feel your shifting emotions. Why is this shit happening, still happening? Why is the child sacrifice still happening? Why is the racism bullshit being propagated? Why is all this other crap, you know, all these things that are happening all at once on a social and uh, economic and a natural scale? You just got to stand up, put your chest out, put your head up, and face these fucking things head on. Just fuck, stand up and be in your power no matter what's happened to you. You lost loved ones. They're on the other side. They're not completely gone, right? It's super shitty. Go through your grief. Feel what you're feeling. Nobody can replace your thoughts, your emotions, your time spent with those people. But if you've lost people recently, instead of getting trapped for the rest of your life in grief, you should just acknowledge those persons and who they are as, as powerful individuals and that they are still ex existing on the other side somewhere of this fucking veil that we're all trying to pierce, Okay. Uh, so again, that's a little recap of recent situations with the natural disasters, hurricanes, flooding. Uh, we've also seen some scary shit about uh, FEMA and some other things happening with homeless people being rounded up. Um, our, our guest last week was Kevin Annette, and he's responsible for getting two sitting popes to resign their office and exposing all sorts of criminality, genocide, and child ritual sacrifice by the Vatican, the Catholic Church, and all, all sorts of state organizations in Canada. Um, they have not done this at the ex uh, without the expense of a loss of significant life from their close friends and family uh, who were murdered by the government in various different ways. For those of you that don't know, if you've never been inside a jail cell, they have complete and total control over your body. They can make it look like you just got sick and died. They can give you a bad tetanus or pneumonia shot or TB shot that they give you. They can strip you down naked, spray you with water, and put you in a freezing cell for three weeks. There's all sorts of things that could be done. Okay, so again, it's not out of the realm of possibility or probability that these people were murdered by the government. And so in that regard and on Kevin's request, he has asked us to play a special clip. It's going to be about 23 minutes long. And then after we come back from that clip, we'll see if we can take some calls. We might have some time for uh, people to call in and, and give us some thoughts about what's going on currently. But for right now, what we're going to do is play this this clip. This is Kevin Annette speaking in the third person. He's reading out a report that was made to the International Tribunal uh, Court on Crimes in Church and State. And this was also a direct appeal to Vladimir Putin because we all know that he's been exposing the Rothschilds in uh, the NWO, Nor New World Order, cutouts and puppets for a very long time openly in everything that he does. Uh, so, you know, obviously the Russia shit was total bullshit. Um, it's just it's so ridiculous for people to think that Russia is our enemy when they're not. It's just fucking ridiculous. And to align that with people's hate for Donald Trump and put all that stuff in in a, in the same egg basket is a very smart move, but it's a very dumb move because it's going to backfire. When, of course, like the evidence shows, nothing happened, right? And the evidence, in fact, show that 
this government and this person, at the very least, is being open and transparent about wanting to be the number one producer of organic produce in the world, wanting to stop vaccines, stop GMOs, exposing the deep state and exposing the new world order, wanting world peace, oil, um, gold-backed currency and asset-backed currencies as opposed to oil-backed bullshit. So there's a you know destroying absolutely fucking destroying ISIS while the U.S. recently was caught supposedly caught busing or air, air escorting by air all of the leaders of ISIS out of the United States, and that makes sense to me because why would you waste such valuable assets that you created in the first place? A lot of the leaders in ISIS are just a bunch of white guys that pass off as Muslims that grow their beards out and shit and are planted into these positions or are controlling behind the scenes. You know, it's just ridiculous. And they're working, obviously, with the Mossad and Israeli, uh, things like that. But all this shit is changing. It's coming down. Uh, it's all crashing. And with no further ado on my uh, recap of current events, we're going to go ahead and move into the clip that I spoke about. And this is Kevin Annette reading out this clip. When he's done, we'll come back on, and Corey should be with us by then. Okay, so sit tight, and we'll be done with this clip shortly. A report issued by the International Tribunal of Crimes of Church and State on September 5th, 2017. A report on the continuity of genocidal crimes in Canada, an appeal to the people and governments of the world, based on evidence found at www.murderbydecree.com. Preamble. This report is written with the blood of countless Aboriginal children and of those who have died to bring the truth of their fate to light. It is the culmination of a 20-year citizen-led campaign to document, confront, and prosecute the deliberate genocide of non-Christian Aboriginal people in Canada by the Vatican, the British Crown, the Government of Canada, and the Roman Catholic, Anglican, and United Church. The evidence in this report is based on the sworn testimony of 358 survivors of the murderous Indian residential schools where over 65,000 children died between the years 1889 and 1996, and by exhaustive documentation found at murderbydecree.com as well as the testimonies of eyewitnesses to ongoing crimes against humanity in Canada. It is something more than a miracle that this report has survived the many years of official lies, misinformation, violence, and intimidation waged by these churches and governments against their surviving victims and a handful of truth-seeking Canadians. Despite the enormous and unrelenting campaign of state terror waged against him since 1995, the former United Church clergyman Kevin Annett has been the mainstay and inspiration of this movement at the cost of his family, his livelihood, and his safety. If not for Kevin's unflagging devotion and courage and his heroic persistence against every imaginable odd, this report, as well as the limited compensation and acknowledgement offered by the Canadian government to Indian residential school survivors, would never have come about. We must also acknowledge the seven Aboriginal members of the ITCCS who have died at the hands of the police and others in the course of publicly surfacing this enormous crime and confronting the churches responsible. Chief Louis Daniels, Edna Phillips, Harriet Nahani, Harry Wilson, Johnny Bingo Dawson, William Coombs and Ricky Lavalley. Their memory and witness, along with the lives of 65,000 children and those who continue to disappear and fall, will always be honored. The report itself follows. 1. A master plan by the Vatican and the Crown of England, 
acting through the government and churches of Canada to exterminate domestic indigenous nations has been in operation since November 25, 1910. This plan was set in motion and maintained by the Crown of England and its Privy Council Office and the Roman Catholic, Anglican and United Church of Canada, along with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the RCMP, the Judiciary and Private Corporations. As a plan of deliberate church-sponsored genocide, it has been modeled on and tied to similar crimes by the Vatican against non-Catholic peoples across the world. 2. This Canadian plan consisted of a state and church-funded program of systemic intergenerational genocide based initially within the so-called Indian residential school system, modeled on a Jesuit program, and established with state approval and by order in council on July 1, 1920. That system killed more than half of the children incarcerated within it until it formally ended in 1996, or more than 65,000 children. It also served as the launching pad for a general campaign of extermination of the non-assimilated Aboriginal tribes, a campaign that continues to the present time. This genocide has accounted for the massive depopulation of more than 95% of the original native nations, predominantly on Canada's west coast, a killing off of between 1 and 2 million people since the year 1850. 3. While the general aim of this genocide was the elimination of all non-Christian native peoples, its associated purpose was the extirpation of traditional indigenous kinship networks and the matriarchal clan-mother system of authority that ensured indigenous control over lands and resources. This was achieved by wiping out the native family system and specifically traditional women and their children. That traditional system was in effect destroyed by the Indian residential schools between 1889 and 1996, along with the majority of indigenous languages and traditional land bases. 4. Despite the phasing out of Indian residential schools after 1972, this genocidal plan intensified at the hands of different branches of the Canadian government and agencies like Catholic-run adoption and foster care groups. Every level of government and church in Canada has continued the act of destruction of Indigenous families and their culture, including child welfare and family court systems, and the state-funded Aboriginal band councils themselves. The chiefs of these councils have played a key role in eradicating any lingering Indigenous identity or authority and control over traditional lands and resources. They also routinely engage in the terrorizing and exploiting of their own people, including through the trafficking and sale of tribal children. These so-called chiefs are doing these crimes at the behest and in the payment of the Canadian government and resource extractive multinational corporations from America, Japan, and China. 5. The expulsion of all remaining traditional native tribes from their west coast lands assumed greater urgency as the 20th century closed, and the world demand for hydroelectricity, timber, minerals, and other British Columbia resources intensified. Consequently, the period since 1990 has witnessed a rapid escalation of violence against Indians and a return to the brutal methods of the early colonial period. By the 1990s, large numbers of Aboriginal families in northern British Columbia began disappearing at the hands of death squads manned by off-duty RCMP officers and local policemen, as well as third-party contractors hired by the federal government, its Aboriginal frontmen and foreign corporations. 6. By 1995, when the incipient ITCCS campaign to expose residential school crimes began making headlines in the Canadian media, 
Stories of these disappearances of Native families were also proliferating. Together, these exposures provoked a public misinformation campaign by the RCMP designed to conceal the extent and the nature of the disappearances. This information was only partly successful and prompted the Government of Canada to take firmer measures to erase any public awareness of the ongoing genocide of Native families. It did so by means of a secret government cabinet directive dated April 3, 1998. 7. This directive by the Liberal government of Prime Minister Jean Chrétien was launched barely one week before the opening of the first independent inquiry into residential schools, school crimes in Canada, the United Nations-affiliated IRAM Tribunal held in Vancouver. The directive consisted of an official plan of state terror that was aimed at Aboriginal activists, residential school survivors, and the public campaign led by the future ITCCS North American Field Secretary, Kevin Annett, who organized the URAM Tribunal. The Chrétien Terror Plan authorized the use of black ops methods of illegal monitoring, smears, disruptions, and violence against Kevin Annett and these targeted groups, including the elimination of individuals who held knowledge or evidence of genocidal acts by Canadian church and state employees. This cabinet directive was never revoked and has caused the death of at least seven Native activists who have been assassinated by RCMP operatives since 1998, including members of the ITCCS network. 8. The cabinet directive in question was issued for implementation by the federal government to E-Division of the RCMP in Vancouver in the first week of June 1998, just prior to the convening of the URAM Tribunal on June 12, 1998. In fact, the disruption of the URAM Tribunal was the first and primary goal of this state terror campaign, according to statements made by RCMP E-Division Inspector Peter Montague, who led the disruption campaign. This disruption became especially active after the Tribunal gave a public airing to the first reports of organized murder and child trafficking among northern British Columbia tribes by chiefs in the pay of the federal government. Another target of this state terror plan was the Gustafson Lake natives in central British Columbia who, after defending the sacred burial lands of their people, were subjected to a covertly organized military assault and follow-up smear campaign by Peter Montague and the RCMP during that same summer of 1998. 9. It is important to note that this Cretan State Terror Directive of April 3, 1998 was aimed at anyone who threatened to expose the historic and ongoing genocide of Native people. Between 2006 and 20, 2012, seven key eyewitnesses and prominent Indigenous activists of the ITCCS network in Vancouver and Winnipeg were murdered at the hands of this directive. Harriet Nahani, Johnny Bingo Dawson, Ricky Lavalley, Harry Wilson, William Coombs, Edna Phillips, and Chief Louis Daniels. In the process of its state terror campaign, the Chrétien Directive disrupted and marginalized the movement to prosecute Canadian church and state for residential school crimes. But for many years, it also concealed the concealing or disappearance of Aboriginal families across British Columbia. For example, after the June 1998 tribunal had been attacked and neutralized by RCMP operatives, the same agents, under the direction of RCMP Inspector Peter Montague, performed a similar destruction of the community effort to, identif and, uh, to identify the growing numbers of missing Native women across BC and in Vancouver's downtown east side. 10. This state-level attack on a genuine missing people's inquiry was prompted by the fact that, by this point, in early 1999, startling new evidence began to surface 
that tie the identity of some of the present-day killers of Native people with men and women who worked in the Indian residential school system. In fact, our work has revealed that the present leadership of the Anglican, Roman Catholic, and United Church of Canada is either directly implicated in residential school-era crimes or is actively protecting those who are, and that these same predators are still engaged in the systemic rape, trafficking, and killing of children. It is therefore clear that a continuity of crime exists that spans decades and links the church-instigated residential school atrocities with the rape, torture, and disappearance of present-day natives, especially women and children. That is, the crime has never stopped and is being protected by the same unholy alliance of church, police, and government. This no doubt explains that trio's unrelenting hostility and sabotage efforts towards the ITCS campaign and its chief public spokesman and symbol in North America, Kevin Annett. 11. Our continuing investigations reveal that many of the men and women who trafficked, tortured, and killed children in the Indian residential schools and who are still preying on Aboriginal women and children are also members or affiliates of the elite Vancouver Club at 915 West Hastings Street in Vancouver. Their odious ranks include three Supreme Court judges, a battery of lawyers, church officials and corporate officers, a former Prime Minister, a Catholic Archbishop and senior members of the RCMP and the Canadian military. Virtually all of these individuals are practicing members of the Anglican, Catholic or United Church that ran the residential school death camps. Many of these men have also been identified by a former Canadian Security Intelligence Service operative as participants in the murderous Pickey's Palace torture and snuff film ring, including two politicians who now serve in the Canadian Senate, former Vancouver Mayor Larry Campbell and Aboriginal puppet leader Patrick Brazo. 12. The general purpose and consequence of this Chrétien State Terror Directive has been to protect these men and camouflage their links to the residential school era and to present-day corporate power brokers. But what cannot be concealed is the clear and direct connection between the highest levels of governmental, police, corporate, church, and judicial power in Canada and these deliberate genocidal crimes, as well as their ties to similar crimes in other countries. There is, for example, a clear and direct link between the Thailand and China-based organ and human trafficking industry and the disappearance of Aboriginal women in British Columbia. 13. By 2007, once these connections had been firmly proven by our campaign and by the growing testimonies of many Aboriginal eyewitnesses, the Conservative government of Stephen Harper relied on the still-operative Chrétien plan to put a final end to these exposures by placing a definitive spin and containment over the whole issue of past and present genocide in Canada. It did so through its own controlled in-house committee an elaborate deception and obstruction of justice misnamed the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, or the TRC. 14. The TRC was modeled on a standard black ops misdirection campaign to create a false narrative on a crime by burying evidence, silencing eyewitnesses, discrediting truth-tellers, and exonerating the guilty. In partnership with the three churches responsible for the residential school's genocide and with the active compliance of the world media, the United Nations, and every level of judiciary and political power in Canada, the TRC buried the truth and the evidence of that genocide with remarkable ease and success. It did so in order to mask the continuance of that crime, especially among West Coast Native nations. 
Accordingly, the TRC was followed closely by a second cover-up effort by the present Liberal government of Canada, known as the National Missing Women's Inquiry. 15. It is clear that this latest stage-managed inquiry is a further enactment of the Kratian plan to eliminate all witnesses and evidence to Canada's final solution of its Indigenous population that began in 1910. The so-called Missing Women's Inquiry is operating through the very police agencies, including the RCMP, that are responsible for the killing of targeted Native women and their families, and that have concealed these crimes for many years. 16. Like the TRC, the Missing Women Inquiry operates through hand-picked government loyalists who lack any judicial power or mandate to bring charges against the guilty or conduct any genuine investigation. The pseudo-inquiry is actually halting genuine efforts to reveal the crimes and who is responsible for them, and the silencing eyewitnesses who dispute the official account accounts of the disappearances. As a controlled stage show run by the very powers responsible for making Native women go missing, the inquiry is moribund, having released no report of any of its supposed findings in the over two years of its shadowy existence. We believe this is to ensure that the final destruction of indigenous peoples and their land base will proceed with maximum profit to the corporate and governmental interests behind that destruction. 17. As proof of this the, is the burial and obfuscation by the inquiry of a key fact, namely that the West Coast disappearances are the result of specific racial and political targeting and are not random killings. This point was established by our own investigations as early as the spring of 2003. That is, the vast majority of missing Aboriginal women are from matrilineal clan-led families that traditionally control the resources and land bases of the different Indian nations. In short, their killing was in fact the deliberate political assassination of the remaining traditional leaders of West Coast tribes, whose resistance stands in the way of resource-hungry corporations. In that sense, these latest murders are simply the continuation of Canada's long tradition of overt extermination when it comes to Indigenous people and their leaders. 18. These crimes have a darker aspect, involving satanic ritualism that the Iram Tribunal documented in June 1998 during its inquiry into the Indian residential schools. The so-called Ninth Circle, a Catholic sacrificial cult formed in the 17th century by the Jesuits and still in operation under the directives of the highest level of the Vatican, functioned in the Canadian residential schools from their inception. The routine trafficking, torture, and sacrificial murder of children was practiced in the Anglican, Catholic, and United Church Indian schools, and it implicates senior members of the government and the British royal family and these churches. The same Ninth Circle continues to kill with impunity today, including on West Coast Native lands heavily endowed with valuable resources. It is evident that the same forces traditionally behind the theft of Aboriginal lives and lands continue to ritually kill and traffic Native children. 19. Behind its mask of beneficence, as epitomized by its fresh-faced, spin-doctoring Prime Minister Trudeau, Canada is a closed and repressive society that is actively exterminating the remaining traditional indigenous people within its borders. It is doing so according to its foundational genocidal program of 1910 and the 1998 Kratian Black Ops Directive, and with the act of collusion and in the interest of mostly Chinese and American resource corporations. 20. As a state-led campaign, this culmination of the Canadian genocide has judicial sanction 
as is evident in not only the refusal of any Crown Court to prosecute any person or agency for genocidal acts, but by the act of victimization by the same courts of anyone who exposes these crimes. In short, there is no avenue for relief or justice for survivors of this genocide within Canada or in the agencies of the United Nations, which have turned their back on the reality of this ongoing crime by Christian and corporate Canada. 21. Accordingly, it falls on the global community to stand upon international law and bring political and economic sanctions against Canada, the Crown of England, the Vatican, and their church and corporate associates for their proven crimes against humanity. Canada and these powers are rogue bodies whose actions threaten not only the innocent, but the sovereignty and peace of all nations. This threat is evident in the continued standing policy known as crimen solicitanus within the Roman Catholic Church that subverts child protection laws and the power of sovereign governments by requiring that every Catholic in the world protect in-house child abusers and conceal child abuse and trafficking from the police. The Anglican Church of England is governed by the same policy, as will any non-Catholic church that reunifies with the Roman papacy, according to the One World Church Plan of the convicted war criminal Jorge Bagaglio, alias Pope Francis. Since its enactment in 1929, Crimen Solicitanus has encouraged and caused the systematic murder of children in Canada, America, Ireland, Croatia, across Europe and around the world to continue unchecked. As long as such institutionalized criminality against children is allowed to legally operate, no country can claim to be protecting its own citizenry or its own lawful sovereignty. 22. There is a clear moral and legal obligation of sovereign nations to restrain and punish proven criminal regimes like Canada, the British Crown, and the Vatican. We therefore call upon nations to do so, using their full police, military, and legal machinery. We are especially directing this call to President Vladimir Putin, his government, and the people of Russia, and all countries outside the Western Bloc. 23. Specifically, our ITCCS directorate and our its affiliates in seven countries ask that these governments undertake the following actions. To commence comprehensive economic and political sanctions against Canada, England, and the Vatican as convicted genocidal regimes, including by seeking their formal censure and expulsion from the General Assembly of the United Nations, and by imposing a trade and tourism embargo on these powers. And by dispatching peacekeeping forces to Canada, to protect Aboriginal eyewitnesses, targeted families, and ITCCS activists who are confronting these crimes, and to arrest convicted and suspected war criminals in Canada. Also, to dispatch professionally trained forensic teams to assist in the uncovering and analysis of crime scenes and mass graves at the site of former Indian residential schools and Indian hospitals across Canada. And finally, to convene domestic and international courts of justice to indict and prosecute these individuals and corporate institutions responsible for the, these and other crimes against humanity. We also call upon the citizens of the world and of Canada to commence their own direct community sanctions against these governments and their churches in accordance with the Nuremberg Principle that compels citizens to neither fund nor cooperate with proven murderous regimes or organizations. These sanctions include denying taxes and any funds to these governments and to the Roman Catholic and United Church of Canada, performing citizens' arrests against known or suspected child-raping clergy and their accomplices, and peacefully seizing the property and wealth of these churches as convicted transnational criminal organizations. In the weeks ahead, our delegation will be bringing this appeal and our evidence to the people, government, educators, jurists, and media of the world, 
Those of us who have revealed and confronted these crimes within Canada have been assaulted, harassed, imprisoned, and censured by every level of government, the police, and the courts, and we have been prevented from operating freely within our own country. Seven of our comrades have died from foul play at the hands of the police and others. We are therefore bringing this truth beyond Canada's borders for the sake of the army of innocents who have died and will, who can, will continue to die if justice is not done. Here we stand. We can do no other. Issued today, September 5, 2017, by the ITCCS Central Directorate and with the endorsement of elders of the Anishinaabe, Mohawk, Cree, Métis, Cowichan, and Squamish Indigenous Nations across Canada, and by ITCCS affiliates in Canada, America, Ireland, England, and Serbia. You can see the entire transcript, including the footnotes and sources, at www.itccs.org. We thank you. All right. So that's <laughs> Jesus. That says it all. You heard a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of information packed in that report. Uh, you can find that at www.itccs.org. Uh, you can also check out the evidence that's been presented, the affidavits and the testimony from those uh, First Nation people and indigenous tribes and from others across the world. And that would be murderbydecree.com. Uh, there's just really no questioning the fact that this is occurring across the planet. Uh, unfortunately, one thing really struck out to me when he mentioned that the targeted individuals who were killed in Canada were the leaders of maternal clans, uh, which is essentially a representation of the spirit of the earth and their domain over each individual part upon which they have settled. By settling and uh, sweating and breeding and blooding and dying and all of these things that you do once you grab a piece of land and you build it for your family for hundreds of years and they build it for their family and then they build it for that generation that generation that generation that itself is a higher claim or higher title to land than any government could ever hope to claim governments were formed after these types of claims were put into place so essentially the only really way to get them off is to contract them off which some of the Indians here in or Native Americans here in the United States have done with regard to their land and the casinos and federal aid and things like that uh, you can choke them off and with their uh, access to outside resources and connections, which doesn't really work because they're self-sustaining. Or like Kevin said, you can go in there and straight up fucking murder them and destroy them, ge genocide their whole population, starting and targeting the starting with and targeting the people at the top who have the title, who are vested with the title, which was in that case the maternal clan or the maternal line. Now, what we see here in the form of targeting in the United States and around the world is typically not against indigenous for the most part. Obviously, you have the Rohingya massacre and genocide that's happening right now. It's not being talked about. Um, but for the most part, it, it's whistleblowers and truth tellers and inventors and people who have the ability to remold or shake, shake up or destroy the system that are targeted to a certain degree. Some of them, they leave you alone because you're a very big porcupine to them. And by them, I mean the uh, certain negatively oriented factions of the United States and overseas intelligence agencies, the MI6, the Mossad, and NSA and CIA working in different tandem projects and things like that. So uh, that was quite a long report. We have a couple people on the line here and about 20 minutes left on the show. So I'm going to go ahead and bring Corey on first. I think he was listening to most of that report. He got here a little bit late, but he's here now. So welcome, Corey. Yeah, thank you. Um what can I say? It's disgusting, man. Yeah. You know? 
and it's uh, you know, it's it's happening everywhere. And I, you know, I would I would like to think that I could take the position that uh, the people who behave in such a way should be pitied somehow. But um, there's a certain line. There's a universal line that you cross where you're just not redeemable yeah. anymore. And, right, you know, right. That's yeah. that's the conundrum. I think they should all be fucking you know, destroyed like, into fucking elementary parts of matter, recycled through the sun, and put back into other uh, yeah other you know seed reseeded to grow again and things like that because nothing ever is yeah. totally destroyed. Absolutely. And, so, yeah, and, we're pretty and, much on uh, the same page. That will that will that will be. <laughs> That will befall them, and uh, hopefully, that will befall them in this life, and then they'll have uh, whatever they get to deal with, you know, um, afterwards. Well, see, that's the thing. Unfortunately, Corey, the people that run the fake karmic system or the entities that run it are using these guys as puppets, whether they're willing or not. They've been genetically bred and dispossessed of their nature to a certain extent to where when their so-called husk of a soul comes out of that body, it is easily detectable, targetable. They track it and they pop it right against its will or whether it's willing or whatever. They pop it right back into another noble yeah. bloodline family or a, no, a prominent politician family or something like that. And then they have their agents that are already there remaining. They groom that person throughout their life. And then obviously they're attacking them energetically. So th these guys are irredeemable and the, the, the top levels have to be taken out. And I think that you sh we need to understand that when going back to the current events, the Harvey shit and, you know, uh, the Irma and uh, Bangladesh flooding, Nepal, India, and all these other places that just have mass. There's is so much worse. But all these places that have had massive disasters, it's a last-ditch effort utilizing or riding on, upon the back of climate changes that are already happening in order to cover the – you know, better hide their ass of what they're doing. That's what's happening right now. It's the last ditch effort to win, and it's not going to work. This is the weakest hail mary ever. You know, you you got to think about this, Corey. Not only does it destroy the largest or the fourth largest city in the United States, you understand, but it it interdicts on an energetic level the positive progress we've made because it's causing death and destruction and mayhem, which are all sacrifices that are fed into this negative energetic network, which perpetuate the control and the power you know, on the actual physics and outcomes of the planet. Because we're all, we're all streaming. We're all streaming through different timelines, and these guys have secret knowledge passed on to them from who knows where or what that allows them to use different types of devices that they found and different concepts to to a certain extent, manipulate the most of pe most of the people on the planet to accepting timelines. They're not changing the timelines for anybody else. They can do that for themselves. If you put your hand on a time machine, you, you shift into another timeline or dimension, not necessarily back and forth in time. The first one is more probable. You do that, it's just you, isn't it? If somebody else is in the room and you guys agree to do it together and you do that, you're both in that different timeline. What these guys are masters of are getting people hooked through social uh, engine, socio engineering, economics, and things like this, the scarcity and all this different shit that they're forcing upon people. They're getting people to consent and accept and volunteer into jumping and following them along into those different negatively oriented controlled timelines. And the shit's falling apart right now. It's not happening. People are waking up left and right. 
You know, and other people are having total cognitive dissonance, so it appears that they're going further into denial and suckling in the state teat even more than they were before, and, oh, mommy, protect me, you know, nanny state, shit like that. But at the same time, everybody else is outpacing those fuckers, and at some point, we just got to be like, look, guys, you don't wake the fuck up, see ya, you could fucking die. It, it might be some of my, you know, my mother is not going to wake up. I do not. My dad, thank God, has woken up. I don't think my, my mother's going to wake up. I'm, I have no real uh, insight as to whether my sister might in her life. But you got to accept the fact, people, that your parents and your family may just not wake the fuck up. And you got to leave them the fuck behind because they don't cease to exist. Right. You'll join up with them in another life. But their mission may just to be, you know, to fail for some reason. <laughs> I hate to say that, but yeah. it's true. Uh, so with that being said, we also have Corey. We've got people on the line here, and then I'll, I want to get oh, your rebuttals oh. on some other stuff. Um, let's bring yeah. on uh, Daryl's been waiting the longest. Uh, let's bring him on real quick, and then Daryl, if you can be pretty quick about your questions, we'll get you squared away. And we have Johnny Delirious, uh, another former guest as well. Uh, so Daryl, with no further ado, come on and ask your question or contribute, and we'll go from there. Well, as far as the clip, all I can say is, oh dear God! I mean, I had suspicions about a lot of that but uh, boy was that well laid out and uh, utterly heinous and uh, yeah I um, if it really is a matter of the death throes of all of that that's what we're seeing bring it you know I it's exactly how I feel so, <laughs> yeah yeah you know, I, um, I, I'm running out of patience with what I'm seeing happen. And I've got so many people right now that are um, writing out what's happening in Florida. And um, I, I'm very pleased to see her weakening. Um, so with a little luck, uh, we'll see. <laughs> I, uh, I do know that some of the storm surges have been lower than they were supposed to be. I know some of the uh, um, the wind levels have been lower than what they were supposed to be, but I, I will be amazed if there's a whole lot going on behind all this that we're going to see unfold. So, um, Yeah, and you saw a lot of people evacuating, yeah. too, more so than Houston. Um, a lot of people had the chance oh to get out, God. so... Houston basically yeah. said you, it's not practical to, to evacuate all these people, well, and it was because, you know, a previous one, people died on the highway. So, so people here's die what on happened. these highways? We'll see. Yeah, you're right. right. Which, people, which people did anyway. Because the they mayor of Houston yep. is the one that said that, Daryl. Sorry, Corey, what did you say? Go ahead. No, I'm saying, you know, I, I, I saw a list of people who died, right? And it was all because, like, uh, some people were trying to save other people and so forth, but like um, the majority of people who died in Houston were trying to get out, but but too late. Yeah. Right. Like, well, oh, shit, what I really bad. We what I saw is that Houston was absolutely prone to flooding. I saw that the most dangerous part of the hurricane is not while it's there; it's the storm surges that come in right after when it leaves, and all the water that it sucked in it gets released back into the coastal area. Uh, from the negative pressure that you know obviously the rain is going to do some flooding but that is like the main the storm surge at the beginning at the end but the end one is the most dangerous one and they did not 
take that into consideration, I don't believe. And the evidence shows that the Houston mayor made a real fucking bad decision by not evacuating places he could have. Because after Harvey sat there and then moved on, they got hit with another surge. And then they did controlled releases on the Attics Dam and some other places as well, which is just fucking ridiculous. But it was a bad call all around. What I'm saying is the damage is done. Uh, what people can do is take this as an opportunity to get out of their old paradigm lifestyle and take it as an opportunity to realize that when the times got down, they may have lost a few people, but they're still alive. They're, they survived. And at the very least, if you know how to survive or if you think you can survive, that's all you have, really, besides what you build or make for yourself. And you can't build or make something for yourself if you're trapped in a pattern. And sometimes if you don't get out of your pattern for 30 years and you stay in a certain area – well, then, you know, you might get fucking hit with a big wake-up call. And I know that it's, in some regards, people think that's sort of uh, inhumane or, I guess, callous would be the right word uh, of an opinion. But I don't believe so. I think it's practical. And the truth fucking hurts sometimes, man. Make a shift. Make a change in your life and use this as an opportunity to do it. And at the same time, there's a whole shit ton of people ready and willing to help and volunteer and come together as a community. So that part of it really eases the pain. Um, that n normally people would suffer by themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So, what do you guys think about that? I concur. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I concur. It's like every everything is shifting radically. Okay, so if you're looking for things to be the same tomorrow as they were yesterday, you're going to be in for a surprise. <laughs> that's a, that's across. That's across the board. Right. Yeah. That's especially um, true in Florida, and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. yeah, specifically, but you know, norm, the normalcy bias. You know, look at uh, okay. Well, I, I think yeah. I think you just hit it right on the head. The normalcy bias, right there. I like when you use the right words, Corey. It makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what's going on. It throws people out, and it's, and, and, and it's freaky. It, it's freaky. I mean, look, I go through it myself. You know. I mean, and, and I, I'm I'm prepared. I think in my mind, because I know that anything is possible. I know that shit is shaking up, right? And oh, at yeah. least I'm awake. At the very least, I'm awake. So shit that happens, it's not going to surprise me, right? Yeah, and I'm my, working on my yeah. I'm working on my level of spiritual preparedness and exactly. physical preparedness and and you know survival and uh, autonomy and and community. I'm working on that stuff. But at the very least, I know that this shit is, like, off the rails, going off the rails. So I feel in that regard, I'm significantly more prepared than people who refuse to acknowledge. And I think everyone knows. Everyone knows, at least on a subconscious level or, or, or uh, to, to varying degrees, that the shit is hitting the fan. And oh, yeah. the, quicker, the quicker you acknowledge that, and try to inform yourself as to that and to get rid of the normalcy bias, the better off you're going to be significantly and, just off of changing the mindset. And you'll be prepared, Corey, exactly what you're saying. If you do what you're saying, you'll be fucking prepared for anything. Right. Anything. You won't have a fucking so, heart attack because you can't believe what's going on. Well, hey, if you, you die know? woke, 
you're ready to go. You'll you'll shoot right. right through. You'll skip all the bullshit programming. You know not to go into the fucking white light. You fucking go and do your own goddamn yeah. thing, because you are God. You are the powerfulness. You are in in every, all the weakness and things that you convince yourself and all this like oh I'm just a body. I'm a meat sack. I'm a blah blah blah. It's limiting you. It's holding you back. You generally, not you, you guys or anybody specific. You uh, we do we you we do have it. Johnny on the line, and I, and I dude I. I appreciate what you said, Corey. That really hit hit home for me. Uh, so I want you to bring up some more stuff if we have time. Daryl, before yeah. we let you go and move on to Johnny, I want to ask you, do you have any suggestions or specific people that we need to uh, shout out on the air, anybody that really needs help now, or any suggestions of how to help besides not giving to the Red Cross and other types of big organizations that basically take all the money and pay their CEOs millions of dollars and then and you know, very territorial and preventing people from getting other aid because they want to be the ones that are giving it and shit like that. It's fucked up. But that being said, what do you have to say about out. some suggestions, Daryl? Well, I couldn't agree more. The bigger the organization, the less you should trust it, especially if it has anything to do with this country. Um, it's it's really it's enormously obvious that we don't do anything right anymore. So. That said, yes, you can help, and finding specific people to help is a good idea. Um, and I, um, yeah, I've got some specific targets in, in terms of who I'm hoping uh, makes it. I mean, I know um, a guy who's got 500 venomous snakes in Miami that he is completely contained to where they absolutely cannot escape, even if he gets completely inundated. And that took them all weekend to make happen. Um, yeah, there are stories like that. There's a lady who's um, pitching for um, donations for, for big cats, but her facilities, somebody I know that offered to uh, house them, she's not moving them out. There may be stories to be had from that. So, yeah, I um, yeah, just send me find the links specific on causes. Yeah, I was going to say, just send me the links on those, and I'll do some stuff with that. And then anything that you maybe wanted to suggest to people that you have heard from people that have said, oh, we should have done this differently, or, you know, we, we did this after the hurricane, or maybe anything like – my suggestion would be the Zello app, which saved a whole bunch of lives, Z-E-L-L-O, which before, during, yes, or after doesn't matter. Yes, I've heard good matter. things about that. I've yeah. heard good things about it. Um, so, um, but, yeah, by uh, all means, yes. and – I'm sorry? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, well, just by all means, stay on top of what's around you. Interact with uh, with people you can actually help. Find out what's needed and and, and put it specifically where it goes. Um, and uh, meanwhile, go ahead and get on with your next caller. It was great uh, show today. That was an amazing clip. So um, I was glad I was here. Excellent. Thank you for being here with us, and stick around for next week. Uh, we want to get a group of people together, uh, new people and former guests, and we do some sort of octologue or some sort of discussion. We've yet to pick the main topics, but we can maybe get uh, privately uh, with everybody else and discuss that. So thanks again, Daryl. appreciate that. Um, we'll go ahead and say goodbye to you for now, and let's move on to Johnny. Johnny, we got about eight minutes left, seven minutes maybe. Apologize for squeezing you in here late, but welcome to the show. Okay. And how can we assist you? Well, I just wanted to bring another piece of the puzzle that will help you connect all your um, uh, <clears throat> conclusions, which are correct. We are at <laughs> a tipping point, 
and they are desperate. And one thing that was swept over by the news media earlier this year, nobody really caught the significance. And it's kind of, you may think it's off the subject, but it's actually right on the subject. So I'll just get right to it really quick. Sure. The uh, congressional baseball practice that had a shooter come in and shoot Mm -hmm. these congressmen. Okay, the one guy he shot first was Congressman Scalise, and he was the one that almost died. Uh, he still got bad internal injuries. Wasn't he uh, investi- was- He was like the lead investigator on that committee for the pedogate pedophile hearings? Yes, he was the lead investigator for human trafficking, for yep, organ trafficking, that's their, and that, that's, their that's their code word, Johnny. I apologize for interrupting, but that's their human trafficking. Whenever you hear Trump or anybody else say human trafficking, that's code word for government pedophilia and ritual sacrifice. Right. Well, he was spearheading that investigation and also, uh, you know, a, a congress. Anyway, so it nobody really understands that the shooter. They say all he all they said was he was very religious. <laughs> okay, but he it was a hit, plain and simple. Of course. It was a hit, mm-hmm. and it was after Scalise, and that was the one, um, you know, so he was the one guy in Congress that was really aggressive to go after this. Now mm-hmm. they're all scared to do a thing, because half mm-hmm. of them have, you know, control files uh, held by, you know, Blackmail. on, That's on right. their mm-hmm. pedophilia activity that happened to them without their consent when they were 14 or 15. So on we go, and that's why, you know, whether it's in Canada or whether it's in the royal families anywhere, these people get compromised and lose their will early on at 13 and 14 years old. My brother was one of them. I mean, you know, he went to a military academy, and, you know, Colonel Colonel Pettiofile got him all the time. And so my brother can't even, you know, um, hold his head up half the time. He's so, um, you know, he feels so insignificant or, or you know, uh, insecure half the time. And that's part of the training. Of course. That's part of the training. So by the time you get all grown up and, oh, yeah, we'll put you as head of this corporation, we'll put you as senator over here, then it's like you're worse than a, um, a Manchurian candidate. You're their man. You'll do anything. You're willing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's exactly what's – and he described that in his report. You described that perfectly. That's exactly what's happening. And it's – you know, it's terrible. But it did wake a lot of fucking people up, it, even to the fact that, wait, something wasn't right about that. You know what I mean? That wasn't just some lone wolf thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, there are there are a lot of people hanging on, like, to the state system, and you know what? They're just going to have to drown. Or save themselves. Well, the media tried to drown it out being these horrible Republicans and blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> and here this shooter, you know, even CNN said, well, he, you know, you know, he has the right to his opinion. And all this, the guy went out and murdered people, you know. And here Jesus. they're kind of standing up for him in one way. But most right. people didn't catch the significance of that activity. So it just shows that they're getting very desperate. Yeah, and if you guys recall, a lot of people were saying 
that this fall, September, August, September region was going to be very, very busy, a lot of shit going down, and I jumped on that bandwagon as well because I felt it coming, and I said that um, in addition to everybody else, and look what's going down. So this is the product of what we expected and prepared for, and all we can do is continue to be extremely conscious about spreading the information and knowledge in a way that will you know, not necessarily try to wake people up anymore, but will overpower the lies and expose the things that need to be exposed at this time. So, uh, Johnny, I appreciate that. Is there anything that you wanted to contribute in addition to what you've said there? Anything that you wanted to uh, tell us about uh, at all? Well, maybe, one you know, of the things uh, that helped me uh, get through a lot of this when I was going through pains in my life and pains through, you know, I went through the whole civil rights stuff and the Vietnam revolt and all that in the 60s. Um, but <laughs> but one thing that really helped me is I'm going to be a, a, an optimist enthusiast. And for some reason, that stuck with me. I'm an optimist enthusiast. Don't you understand? And I used to shake people, you know, like that. <laughs> so that helped me get through it, you know. I'm an optimist enthusiast. Oh, it's all mental, brother. It's all mental, and it's why you're here, and it's why your power is back inside of you and, and generating again, and you're not an empty, insignificant shell or husk like everyone else. You know, well, like most people. Can't say everyone else, but you know what I mean. There's a difference. You know, every oh, we're all equal. Everybody can say, oh, we're, we're all one, and we're all equal. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> That's bullshit. You got to be real with what's real. People are better than you at shit, and you're better than them at other shit. And the goal is we to balance. We are what we out. choose. That's we right. Are what you what choose we to choose. spend your time mastering is what you will master. And if you give up, you'll never master anything. So, there are people that have chosen to give up. There's people that have chosen to master only one thing, and in doing that, you limit yourself. And if that's your choice, so be it. But everybody else is leaving you the fuck behind, and we're no longer allowing these types of people to drag us under so johnny thank you so much man that was an excellent point everything you said is ring true as a bell um i want to get back to Corey and let him close the show real quick um before i do that i will make an announcement that next week we're going to get you johnny we're going to get uh daryl we'll get eugene braxton we'll get frank bacon we'll get a, a bunch of other people graham muir and uh his friend as well and a few others perhaps kevin if he has the time and we're going to do like a big group discussion uh, on a few things that need to be talked about, and that's yet to be announced. But that's what I wanted to say about that. Last and final thing for me before I uh, say goodbye to you and let Corey uh, close out the show, uh, the U.S. PAT number for hurricane and tornado control device, this is just one of many, mind you, is U.S. 200-300-85296-A1. Again, that's US 200-300-85296-A1. It's a device or method that's basically uh, using projection of sound waves and auditory waves to control weather. And if you think that's outrageous sounding, then you haven't heard the fact that uh, firefighters across the nation have new technologies now where they can put out uh, flames in entire buildings just by hitting it with an ultra-low uh, frequency sound. Wow. From, from right. a cannon, they just pull this rubber thing back and it goes boom. And it extinguishes right. the flames. So small devices can have huge effects on large mm-hmm. systems. It's We've seen it time and time again. If you look at the picture between Hurricane Andrew in 1992, uh, the size of that compared to the size of the hurricanes now, 
again, it plays into their story of, oh, climate change is real. Look how much bigger this hurricane is. Well, no, it's been mm-hmm. fucking amplified, you twat. That's why it's so mm-hmm. big, you dumbass. Use some critical thinking. They have the technology. They've been caught using it. The fact that NOAA was sending planes into fucking Irma before it shifted and got amplified over and over. Like, oh, we're going to go study this. But our Doppler radar is so advanced, we can tell all of this by here on the ground. But somehow we have to go fucking fly these planes in here so that we can say, oh, uh, you know, this that it's going through a double eyewall replacement now and all these other bullshit fucking terms. No, you guys are fucking flying in there, seeding that shit with aluminum and other particulate and hitting it with waves to increase it and steer it, just like you fucking did, Harvey. And there was a company that was caught with their report doing that two days in the Gulf, two days prior to Harvey. So nobody's ever going to fucking convince me that it wasn't geoengineered. You can kiss my fucking ass if you disagree with me because you're ignorant. You know, everybody has their free will, but you're fucking ignorant on that one if that's how you feel. Okay? And I've already said that to multiple people on Facebook. I'll lose friends. I don't give a fuck. Again, U.S. Patent 200-300-852-96-A1. With that, I'm going to drop the mic, and I'm out. I'm going to let Corey close the show here. And then, Corey, if you're still available for the next show, I want you to actually lead the show and host it during that octologue yeah. if we can do that. Is that good? Definitely. Definitely. Okay, thanks, everybody. Uh, and let's, let's have Corey close the show. Cool, man. And I want to thank you uh, for giving that patent number. Very important. Very important to, uh, you know, that's evidence. That's evidence. There's all kinds of fucked up patents out there on technology and stuff, medical technology, all kinds of shit. Um, you know, for those uh, stubborn who want proof, there's no better proof than that kind of stuff. Um, for those who are uh, in challenging situations, in hurricane zones and, you know, in the midst of all this crazy stuff, anybody, anywhere, if you're alive to live another day, you got another chance. You may have lost property. You may have lost everything. You may have lost family. You may have lost people. But you're alive to live another day and count your blessings. Again, the world is turning upside down. Uh, the sooner people get their head around that, um, the better position you'll be in. And, uh, you know, stay positive. And uh, here's the bell. And the truth will reveal itself.